the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks or salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph podcast. I am Mike Stevens, and sitting across from me is the future first female GM in the NHL, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing? My uh, liver doesn't like me. I feel like it doesn't like you normally. Why would t- why would this time be any different? Um, because I maybe celebrated my birthday with like myself and my mother and siblings mm-hmm. and my dad. And um, if you know my family, you know that that involves a lot of alcohol. That's good. Um, yeah. So yeah, my uh, body needs maybe a detox as I sit here and eat McDonald's. As yes, you you came in here and microwaved McDonald's in my microwave. Well, because they gave it to me cold, and, and I, frankly, that's not acceptable. I appreciate it because now my my condo is going to smell like McDonald's for the rest of the night, which is just fantastic. Um, I feel like also, what whatever part of your body has to break down sugar, like pancreas, is it? I guess after pancreas the has enzymes. Yeah, is my. It, let me just ask you this question. Is the DQ cake I got you, is it, is it gone? Yes, it's gone. Yes, that's what I thought. Okay, so it's gone. whichever body part in your body has to break down sugar, I feel like it also doesn't like you either. Uh, no. And how many slices of that DQ cake did I have? Uh, one. Yes, okay. One and a half. You had a pretty big slice. Yeah, so did you, though. Okay, yeah, we're not going to talk about how much of that cake I ate, all right? Nobody needs to know. It was a good cake, though. It was close to three quarters (laughs) yeah we also need to normalize getting a dq cake for yourself when it's not your birthday because that stuff is delicious exactly but this is going to be you know you know what's coming on this podcast let's be real you know what's coming up tuning in because you know what we're talking about today you you know what we're going to get into you know what's going to be 90 percent of this podcast and we have to get through a couple headlines before we do that so stick with us for about 10 minutes or so and then we're going to jump into the most racist pool (laughs) we're (laughs) going to Tony and the, Bren, the Brennan, Brennan and Tony race. racism hour. <laughs> We're going to, oh, and you know, rest in peace to that show. It's gone. No, I guarantee you it gets picked up by that um, stool. Well, site. you know, he's got plenty of time to focus well, on. He's certainly not going to be playing hockey. Yeah. And we're not, we haven't even said his name yet. We're going to get into the whole Tony D'Angelo fiasco. We waited until we usually record this podcast on, you know, when we're doing our, our, uh, our Tuesday show, it's, Monday right now, right? It's Monday. Time is a construct. Yes, yes. sure. So it, we usually record Monday afternoon. It comes out Tuesday morning. We wait until after the New York Rangers press conference, which is a whole bunch of malarkey, a um, <laughs> whole bunch of baloney. It was damage control. Yes. Wasn't great. So, um, but we wait until after that so we can do this. But yes, let's get into some headlines before we jump into the whole Tony D'Angelo situation. So stick with us there. First on the headlines, though, and this is a rare bit of good news on this podcast. This is the only good news on this podcast and this boggled my mind like not not that i didn't think it was going to happen but just like i'm so glad that this happened thrilled thrilled over the moon the nwhl got 1.37 million views on twitch january 30th 
there was over 30,000 people it's insane watching the game at the same time that's like there are more big, people there were more people watching that game than Florida Panther games like let's well, just for sure. be very there blind. are big like there are like as Twitch is like a, you know Twitch is a platform usually used for like gaming like game like yeah stream. but they signed a deal with the NWHL no, I know. it's fantastic there you could have chats with like other people like I gifted a bunch mm-hmm. of subscriptions so that people could watch like I know the broadcast did it like they gifted I want to say close to 200 subscriptions it's, it's amazing and it's it's one of those things where it's like a real community thing but speaking of good news with the NWHL it was just announced that the semifinals and the finals are going to air on NBCSN and they're going to be called by John Forslund mm-hmm. and AJ Malechko Griswold incredible which like that's their what B- if you want to talk about getting a big name John Forslund and yeah. AJ Malechko Griswold are big names like this is not them like you know getting the interns to do it this no. is their this is their big crew and I understand people want to say like, oh, they should have NWHL people doing it. But the reality is, is if you want to generate interest right off the hop, do you have any people want to hear John Forslund and AJ Malechko Griswold call a hockey game right now? Because John Forslund has been hired in Seattle. Like, he's not calling games. Look. So people yeah. want to hear that. People are clearly want to watch women's hockey. So get it off the ground and then potentially get a TV deal because, like, the reality is, is the NWHL people are not employed by NBC. Yeah. Right? So you have to use people. There's They're logistics just like, behind the scenes. Yes. So if you can get two huge names. Well, that's legitimacy. To associate with a brand that's massive. Plus, it's going to be on a national broadcast, which you've been begging for. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is really good. Now. Toronto six. Oh man, we're gonna get into them in a couple minutes. What an incredible story! Like we, un- first of all, Digit Murphy. Like I love she, her. She's so great. To she talk has to. like cocaine for blood. Like it is remarkable. How yeah, much like she energy. called me for an hour like a few weeks ago, and I have never been more energized about my life than yeah. after speaking to her. Like oh my god. So like I remember when you were on the Steve Dangle podcast a couple years ago. I didn't know you at the time and I was listening to that and I remember literally texting Steve Dangle being like I want to be Rachel Dory when I grow up because that was fantastic. And now we're doing a podcast together, which is and cool. And we're best friends. And then we're best friends doing a podcast, which is hilarious. <laughs> when I heard Digit on her two appearances on I am like I want to be Digit Murphy when Yo, I grow up. Yeah, she's so get, awesome. So get ready in two years for the Mike and Digit podcast that's coming soon. Rachel will be replaced. It'll be great. I probably um, <laughs> will be at some point. <laughs> no, but like she is she's incredible. They don't like they they have what seven practices combined? Yeah, so they've Brand won a new team. They've won four straight. Yes. We're just going to get into them. Yes. So, no, we're not. Like, fuck it. Yeah. Trending up is the Toronto Six vibe train because they've won oh. four straight. Um, They convinced me to learn a fucking TikTok. Yeah, that's that's huge. If you can get Rachel to embrace new forms of media. Whew. Like that love story. And, and the thing is, is like they're so engaging. Right. So they're posting these behind the scenes videos of them having dance parties this and it's like what, that's relatable that's what every nhl team should be doing if like, like that's hugely relatable think about the hits okay like look at stan twitter essentially like look at how you know travis konechny like you know will you know ad- adjust his shoulder pads on the bench and there'll be a billion tweets about it being like he's the best pr- most precious boy which he is he's a great precious precious boy if they posted like if they, if the Leafs or whatever posted a a video of, of William Nylander, of William Nylander, Dan, like you know, like I don't know, I'm trying to think of uh, doing uh, literally anything, a hair flip in slow motion. But like I don't know, doing like the Tusi slide after like a game, or yeah. hit, hitting the whoa. Yeah, these are TikTok terms. I don't doing, know what doing any a of renegade after the af, after a game after a win. 
That would the amount of hits that that would generate would be insane. So like it's the free context in front who, of you. A, a girl, I think Alyssa Turner is her name. Yes. Is running. She runs all of them. Media. Yeah, <laughs> she she's, runs every team okay, account. She's killing it. Yeah, but killing I. Killing it. I just picture her like I know TweetDeck and everything's a thing, and she's running. She's running all the team accounts and the NWHL. No, she's running Metropolitan Riveters and um, Toronto Six now. They have other people. Oh, finally. they do. Okay, yeah. okay. I think she used I, to run all of. Yes, them. and I was gonna say like I picture her just like, like with like fourteen screens just like in front of her. Yeah. Just sitting there be like you know meme this me like it's it's remarkable. oh my god but it's so awesome and and their victory dance is the love story tiktok oh yeah which is objectively amazing yeah and no we did not have video of rachel attempting this tiktok because i almost fell down the stairs you you, you tried to do it i attempted yes and there's no footage of it anywhere uh it was briefly on my snapchat Why or no it was briefly that? on my roommate's snapchat okay i don't because um, I nearly tipped over and fell down the stairs, and that may or may not have had something to do with. Well, I wonder if you were in a clear state of mind when you did that. Yeah. It must have been. So huge shout out to the Toronto Six. Like they they Go lost win the damn thing. Well, they, they lost their first two games, and then they won four straight. Buzzing. Like they, this, they're a wagon right now. This team is on a roll, and they're so fun. And you have a, you have the opportunity now to hop on the bandwagon. If oh, I was on the bandwagon when it was announced. If you, but if you weren't, if you weren't at there at the creation of the bandwagon, if you, if you didn't hop on board when it was leaving the station, you have the ability, like in an old timey movie, to run alongside the train and hop on it. Yep. it it's not going to be there forever. You got to get on there because you will always be known as I was. I was a day oneer. I'm on the vibe train. Everyone vibe should train. be. This is the most easy, like easy to like team in sports right so, now. It's incredible. So they're playing excellent hockey. Do you want to know who's not playing excellent hockey? Hmm. Um, I have a couple Ottawa guesses. <laughs> yeah. Um, they uh, played a game in Edmonton last night, and goaltending and defense was very optional for both teams. Can you, uh, real quick, can you let me know how many years on, on his contract Matt Murray has left? Um, I, I think four. Oh, no. After this one? Yeah. Um, can we discuss might've, the might've um, been a rough defense core that Ottawa dressed last night briefly? Oh. <sighs> Like yeah, some dudes. If you want, if you really want to. No, I don't really want. Nikita Zaitsev was on their top pair, uh, with Mike Riley. With Mike Riley. Mm-hmm. So their second pair was Braden Coburn and Braden Coburn. Um, somebody I don't even remember, Eric Goodbranson. Yep. Oh <laughs> my goodness. And their third pair was two people I didn't even know. Artem Zub. Yeah, Artem Zub or Zub or whatever. I thought and. So their decor last night was guy, 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 guy. So where was Eric, <laughs> where was Eric Brandstrom in all this? So um, apparently DJ Smith doesn't like him, which is interesting because he is categorically a better defenseman than any of the six that were dressed yesterday. Now he's young. He's like he's developing. He might not right now be as effective as those guys he is are. The equivalent of like Rasmus Sandin. Yes. Who objectively is better than. Any defenseman that oh, yeah. addressed last night. And yet, because DJ Smith... doesn't He doesn't play tough and physical. Oh, Josh Brown is the dude's name. That the, mm-hmm. uh, the sixth defenseman. Don't even ask me why I know that. Like, just don't... I only know that because Haley Salvin had to write, like, a bunch of co- columns about him at one point. Like, it's bad. It's really bad. Now, I know they're trying... <laughs> I know they're trying to be bad. Like, they're tanking. I get it. They're not... But they, they had expectations this year. Like, they, they were trying to be good. Yeah. And I love all of... Like, I feel so bad for Michael Trakos because his tweet 
is just going to be like you'll never be able to escape it. Where oh, it was after they signed Matt well, Murray, he's got to wear that one. After they signed Matt Murray, he was just like, "Oh, Toronto's got to realize that objects in the mirror are closer than they appear." And then everyone's literally every day, I, every time the Senators lose, which is being every seven night, and one, which is being pretty much every night, yeah. one seven and fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I see people being like, "Ah, oh, I don't know. It looks pretty far away to me, Mike." Yeah. And yikes. And then Edmonton defensively is not much better. Like if you removed 97 and 29 of off of Edmonton, it would literally be Ryan Nugent Hopkins and a band of merry men. Yeah. Like I, like I saw, so Chris Johnston, a friend of the show was on the last podcast. He's fantastic. Dropped a bunch of really interesting nuggets. Um, he, he essentially tweeted like, which is almost true. Like McDavid and dry saddle are going to challenge for a hundred point seasons in a 56 game season. I legitimately think if they're healthy, that they'll get at least 90 and the Edmonton Oilers will still miss the playoffs. It's going to be hilarious. That it should be a crime. That should be, that should be a federal crime. <laughs> Literally. How dare you? Like, I know, I know that we say that in jest, but like, there's, no, but a, actually, there's a little part of me where I'm like, there needs to be consequences for this. I'm sick of this because like the NHL just be like, um, could you please, there has to be some recourse here. These are so they're still messed up from Peter Shirelli. And I saw a tweet today. <laughs> Did you? That basically, I think it was an account for hockey tweet. It was it was someone on the radio, like I think it was Dreger or someone talking about um, the GM job. Mm. And the tweet was, Shirelli is still highly regarded around the league. For, for what reason? And I wanted to say literally why. And you can't, <laughs> literally why? And you can't say winning the cup eleven years ago. No, it's not even the same game. It's not the same game. Most of those players are retired. Like, you had Mark fucking Recchi on your team when you won the cup. That doesn't count anymore. Um, I would also like to point out that they won the cup with Tim Thomas and his backup was Tuka Rask. Yeah, also, Mark Recchi was on that team. Um, Mark Recchi is a bygone player. He is an assistant coach with the New Jersey Devils. Like... I don't, I don't know how you have two of the best didn't know that. three players on earth and are somehow still bad. Like, it's mind-boggling. It is not. Like, you have two cheat codes. You have two cheat codes on your team. One of them should actually be illegal. Like, Connor McDavid does things that just should not be allowed. We're approaching... So, like, for anyone who plays fantasy, I, I'm not I a huge fantasy expert, but a lot of people... Of but a lot of people in my life are coming to me for me to draft their fantasy teams because I work in hockey. I get And I'm sure you get that a lot, lot. too. So I want to thank you because I go to Dom Lecision's fantasy rankings and I save the Excel sheet and I say draft off this. Thank you very much. All the credit goes to me. Um, um, so I actually drafted one of my best friend's teams and um, everyone chirped this person for being like, oh, your team is terrible. And now they're da-da-da. probably in first. Um, this person is in first yeah, place of course. by a wide margin. Mm-hmm. But, I'm like, yes, because you... <laughs> listened yes to me and but i mean listened um this person handed me their laptop and i did it yes so but i bring that up to say we are approaching a point in at least in fantasy where uh, i honestly do think that at some point like yahoo or espn or whoever runs your fantasy league will eventually be like okay we're just not including Connor mcdavid He's it's not fair out. because that's what they used to like fantasy obviously wasn't over the internet, but if you did hockey pools, like when Gretzky and Lemieux were a thing, yeah, you weren't allowed to draft them because it's just not fair. Like the play, like if you got the first overall pick, congratulations, you won the league because you have a guy who gets like five goals a night or five points a night. Yeah, It's just not fair. And, and you really, have one, yeah. you have almost, you have almost two of those guys on your team. 
Like Dry Slam is approaching that. There should be no that. reason you're not consistently in contention for the cup, but you also have goaltending that is basically as poor as Ottawa's. And you didn't like. I know that Arundel is not a world beater, but who did they start last night? Um, Stuart Skinner. Who the hell is that? <laughs> who is that? <laughs> like I objectively I that, don't know who that is. That was like someone said Stuart Skinner starting, and in my head I went, "I've I was heard like, that wait, name before." Yeah, me but too. I'm also not convinced that's a real person. I yeah, I saw like uh, yeah, Friedman tweeted out, and I'm just like, who the. F- Stuart Skinner. I saw like Skinner starting for Edmonton. I'm just like, my first thought was like, did they get Jeff? No, they didn't. But what? Like it's anyways, it shouldn't. We we have the same rant, but they're like McDavid. If they miss the playoffs this year, you've got to think McDavid's going to be like, all right, very close to. Yes, because they had two. He's approaching Eichel territory. Yeah, but they initially said that McDavid gave essentially Holland like two years to write the ship. And this is Holland's second year. Yep. And McDavid's held his end of the bargain. Oh, he's more. Well, like, defensively, he's still abhorrent. They both are. Yes. Like, if if McDavid and Dreisaitl could be even half as good defensively as Crosby is, we wouldn't be having I don't even stuff. care. Like the, like, the point of hockey is to score more goals than your opponent. Right, but they also, like, okay, so an example. Well, last McDavid night had five auto- points and he was negative. He was minus one. That's kind of the point. <laughs> is, okay, is that... This is a good question I was wanting to ask someone who... And I'm glad I have a podcast so I can ask you. Um, is that more impressive or impressive in quotations than the Brett Lebda 9-3 victory and he was still a minus three? That's McDavid, about the same territory. McDavid having five points and still being Which a minus one. Which means he was on one. the ice for five goals. Yes. At minimum, five goals. Well, five that he intri- like he directly he contributed participated to. participated in. Five goals that either he scored or created. Right. And yet he was still a minus one, which means that most of those came on the power play, but still. That, not the point. If you had five points, you should not be a minus. No way. And yet he was still... End of story, good day. Like, that's rem- that is, that's tough to do. I'm <sighs> pretty sure Drysaddle was a minus two, actually, which kind of speaks to the point that, like, they maybe need to participate defensively. And what I love about that, too, which what I find really funny is I remember in Drysaddle's draft year, his closest comparable was um, Anze Kopitar. Mm, yes, due you're right, to but defensive also, game. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Obviously, <laughs> now we see that. But like, people were like, "Oh yeah, he's like a young Kopitar, you know, really defensively responsible. He's got some offense." I'm like, and now he's yeah, he's you know an incredible goal scorer, but he's like the opposite of that defensively. Like, yeah, he's, his he's closest just, comparable is Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, is is McKinnon bad defensively? Uh, no, he's better defensively. He's still not great. He's like he's, he's not good, but he's like defensively. Acceptable. But it's like he. Like, you can get away with that. He's yeah. good enough offensively that you can, like, cover up. Both Connor and, and Leon, they're kind of teetering on that. You know, uh, we'll see. Does, uh, yeah. does the risk really, like, is the reward worth the risk here, you know? And I think and it, right always, now it, is. I think it yeah. always should be if you're But you're not going to win points. a championship if your top two centers aren't remotely participating in the defensive Or zone. you surround them with really capable players, which... Um, well, they finally have started playing Yessi Puyi RV on McDavid's line. And shockingly, it's going well. Who could have possibly predicted that? Well, they had to, like, yeah. So they finally found a winger for, for that line. Okay. After so, dicking him around forever. Yeah. Like, it's. But then new regime, so. Nothing, nothing comes easy to Edmonton. And yet, well, it should because they've gotten a million number one overall picks. Right. But it's always. Anyway, that's fantastic. Plot points, you know, we obviously went through Toronto 6 going up. And now before we get into the the piece de resistance, the main course, if you will, 
we just did you know a little moose bouche right now. We're now getting to 20 the twenty minutes in. Twenty minutes in, we're getting to the into the main course. Quick word from our. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way, from creating product listings, to making discount codes, to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's No wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Woo Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. Sponsors. Right, Rachel. Um, the did day, anything happen? The uh, day of reckoning has come. <laughs> like, did, has anything happened? Um, Nothing's in, happened. In the words of Bob Cole, everything is happening. I love that man with my whole Oh, he's heart. incredible. He's the voice of our, tra- our, I miss our childhood. I a lot. So. I would, have, I would pay him 10 grand to come and sit beside me and call a hockey game. You know who I'm not going to miss a lot? <gasps> Whoops. Whomst possibly could I be talking about? I, for one, have no idea. It is Anthony D'Angelo. I was trying to find his middle name. It's Um, definitely some Italian I don't think he even has one. Oh, no. It's It's probably Paolo or something. It's it's literally on Wikipedia. It says it's Anthony Tony D'Angelo. So I guess it doesn't even, I don't even think he has one. Anyway, it's Anthony, you know, Baba da Boopy D'Angelo. So he's, he was on waivers. He got placed on waivers. This happened on Sunday, the day of our Lord. This has been a long time coming. This, you know, we've, we talked countless times on this podcast about, you know, his, his detrimental contra- conduct, his, uh, you know, he's always, if you give him a little bit of a Google search, he's always referred to in every article as controversial defenseman, which is never... No one's ever been, no one ever who is making a positive impact on the world is being, you know, controversial this, contra, no, it's usually, you know, the, the nice way of saying dick. Yeah. It's the hockey way of saying. So here, let's, let's break down the situation. Saturday. 
Okay, so what we're going to do, let's just preface this. Yes. We're going to give everyone a timeline from when he was in junior hockey. Yeah. Just to give you an idea of how long this has been enabled and how long this has been going on. Because, quite frankly, it's ridiculous. Then we are going to get into how the Rangers fit in here. Yep. And all of their nonsense and where they go from here. And you know what? I think that's all. We, I have just scrolled through three pages of quotes and prep. Yes. So. This is by far the most, other than our preview pods for divisions, this is by far the most prep you've ever done. Right. So let's. Now, uh, I, I also want to have a clarification as well. And this is something Rachel and I came to a decision with, is that we are going to have this, from here on out, the rest of the podcast is going to be breaking down the Tony D'Angelo situation. And then after that, unless he gets traded somewhere, and we'll mention that very briefly, we are not going to be talking about him anymore because he is irrelevant in hockey. He is no longer a, he is a taxi squad player and you don't hear us talking about taxi squad players repeatedly. Um, he is an irrelevant figure in hockey. We will. And so if he, if he is dead to the hockey world, he will be dead to us. So enjoy your morsels of Tony D slander on this podcast. It's not slander if it's true. Um, and this is all true. This is all, well, all we have here are confirmed, actual reported stuff. Hey, we are not going to speculate here We're not because speculate. I am not interested in the garbage that comes along. With yeah. That. I also, I just, I don't want to get sued. It's not the way I want to spend my Monday. I have been trying not to be sued for the best part of two years now, mm. actually almost two years. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to have it undone with Tony D'Angelo of all people. I'm not, I'm not going to jail for Tony D'Angelo. Let's just put it that way. Okay, so, so you're not going to go to jail? It's just civil litigation. It's called an analogy, okay. Rachel. Just, okay. Anyway, so, so here's what happened, essentially. Saturday night, Rangers, Pittsburgh. Sidney Crosby scores an OT winner 10 seconds before that goal. There was a miscommunication between goal, goaltender who wouldn't even be worth Rasmus Sandin Alexander Georgiev and Tony D'Angelo, who shockingly got into a game. Good for him. He's on the ice in overtime. There's miscommunication. Yeah, maybe that was an error in maybe, judgment. Look, maybe that's on David Quinn there for <laughs> putting out, you know, your your worst defensive defenseman in yes. overtime. Yeah, okay. Um, but again, Sidney Crosby of all people. Sidney Crosby's on the ice. Notedly, it's uh, pretty good. Yeah, okay. He's okay. He's above average. I'd say above average. Um, miscommunication, which leads Happens. to you know an inability to clear the puck from their own zone. Happens. Ten minutes later. 10 S- seconds. Or, sorry, 10 minutes. 10 seconds. Yep. Sidney Crosby. Scores. Gets the puck. Tony D'Angelo standing in front of Yorgiev as he shoots it. Goes in. Game over. OT winner. So Crosby scores. As is... As is tradition. tradition. As has happened like, six, you know, 500, 500 times or something. Times, you yeah. know, he's Sidney Crosby. He, that's what he he's does. He's score sometimes. So game's over. Okay, so all of this stuff, right, right now, everything that you've said... Yes. ...has happened to every team ever. Yes. Like, it happens all the time. It, hap- it happens. In I like- watch it on a daily basis with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, it happens in every communications every ten seconds. Yeah, literally. Okay, so then what happens? And you'd think you think that Tony D'Angelo would be used to making defensive miscommunications by now. That's um, his. He doesn't. That's his bread defense. and butter. Yes, exactly. Um, on actually, the ice. I might, that on might the ex- ice. on. Yes, he's very. He play. He's a great two way player off the ice. He's both offensive, offensive and, and defense. defensive. Um, yeah, real Only Patrice Bergeron of, off the ice yeah, in that he's regard. Winning the Selkie off the ice. Um, <laughs> and the Rocker Richard. He's just cleaning up. It's crazy. Um, so apparently, Tony Angelo wasn't super happy with Georgiev, his goaltender. Okay. Who's also the most sacred member on any hockey team? If you talk about if you talk about hockey, like think about every cliche, every trope in hockey is don't touch our goalie. 
Don't yeah. And you snow um, the goalie. I also really like Alex Georgiev because he Big Steve Dangle fan. Big Steve Dangle fan. He also auctioned off a mask in the playoffs that had Martin Luther King on Absolutely. it in honor of um in honor of him. And so like you get objectively if you're putting Martin Luther King on your mask, like you're probably a You gotta be a good person. guy. Good dude. Okay, so So carry on. So team exits and apparently in the tunnel going down. This is at Madison Square Garden. So tunnel. you can see it. You can see it, but apparently, but there are no fans in the stadium, or else we would have oh, definitely gotten we video. Definitely would have seen it. I was I was scouring Twitter to see if anyone had any video on that. Unfortunately, they don't. But right. Well, because the only video that would have been had is by MSG and their broadcast, and, there and they're is not. No chance they're making that public. Exactly. So apparently, Tony Angelo uh, uh, says you know some choice words. Yeah, to according Georgia. to Elliot Friedman today. Acor- according to Elliot Friedman, who, you know, seems to be pretty plugged reputable. in. Reputable. Yeah, I would say he's he's a rep like He's reputable. Okay, let's move. Yes, so exactly. Let's says, move this forward. He says some choice words to Yorgiev. Yorgiev clocks him. They get into I a, see no problem. They get into a scuffle. Keep in mind, Tony D'Angelo is, you know, a, a frequent healthy scratch. He's a defensive liability. He was standing in front of Yorgiev when this goal <laughs> went in. Screening him. And yes, no, it is the goaltender's fault. For sure. So definitely a good time to make a sarcastic comment. After a loss. And as well, oh, yeah. there's kind of an unwritten rule in hockey. You don't blame the losses on your goaltender. Uh, yeah. Every if you if you look at any Unless any, you're Ottawa in which they're putting up an eight fifty save. Yeah, but even then, then like, the maybe. players aren't gonna do that. Right. Like you You just you, don't do it. You don't do that publicly, you don't do that privately. You never And then hear, it had to be broken up and then by be broken teammates. Up by, by and there teammates. have been multiple reports yes. that say it's been Kreider, it's been Miller, so, it's been other people like Either way, we know it was broken up because they're not still fighting. It seems like at this point, so that's essentially, that that was the main crux of what happened here. So that that altercation happened. And then he was put on waivers. And a teammate day. had to break it up. Larry Brooks claimed that it was uh, Ke'Andre Miller. Later today, Don LaGreca um, came out, of Yes Network, came out and said that that wasn't true. There's a lot of, like, it doesn't, at this point, it doesn't we matter. We literally don't even know. It doesn't matter. So he was placed on waivers. And that's where and we are. And the world rejoiced. So how did we get here? Let's go back yes. to um, exactly seven years ago. Yes. This is seven years ago. Where were you in life seven years ago? I was actually employed by the Sudbury Wolves of the OHL. Wow. So you might have a so bit of a... So I was actually in the league when how, this was happening. How old are we? Because we're the same age. Well, you're 25, but I'm turning 25 in three weeks. So how... 17. How, yes. So we were 17 years old. So 18. 18. You were 18. I was 17. I had just turned 18. Yeah. Um, so th- keep in mind, this is that. This is how long ago it was. We couldn't. We couldn't legally drink back then. We were still in high school. We couldn't legally drink. No, I, mean, I was we, in university. You were in university when you were 17. Uh, yeah, I skipped a grade. Oh, I didn't know that. I went to university. Yeah, I was. You think you're better than me? 16. No, that's 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 great. Congratulations um, to you on that. I we were not of legal drinking age, but, but we you know we drank. Yes. Anyways, anyway, that was just a way of gonna, saying. We're going to speed this up a little bit. Yes. So going back, well, you know what? Let's let's take our time. Let's let it breathe. Anyway, so yes, what we're going to, so going back all the way to January 31st in 2014, Tony D'Angelo was given a team-issued suspension. He was playing for the Sarnia Sting at that time in the OHL. He was given a team-issued suspension by Sarnia head coach Trevor Litowski 
who had, and initially when that happened, because D'Angelo hadn't really, you know, like it wasn't announced that he was, that that suspension was given. Right. They were waiting for David Branch to announce his suspension. Exactly. David Branch is the commissioner. But he wasn't playing for like two weeks. So people were like, what's going on right. here? And then eventually came out that the OHL announced that, that Tony D'Angelo was suspended eight games for violating the league's harassment, abuse, and diversity policy. This is stemming from when he directed a slur at a teammate. Now the, the initial... The the initial like the minimum penalty for this for breaking that policy right is five games right D'Angelo got eight so D'Angelo got like that sixty like percent more he got a hundred and hundred and sixty percent of that suspension yeah which goes to show that this might have been a pattern either a pattern or a very bad thing that he said <laughs> yeah. probably both yes right away okay. that is bad. So, and then the Sting decided to confirm that this is the second time he's yes. broken the policy and they chose not to suspend him the first time, which is uh, maybe an error in judgment. So, get, so what this all circles back to is he did a very, he broke, you know, a, a rule probably that... Probably the most sacred Probably policy. the most sacred rule out there by breaking, by breaking, uh, basically by, by using a racial slur or a homophobic slur, either one. They're both kind uh, of... I un- believe it was, was it racial? it was a racial slur. Yes, yeah. so it was a racial... So he bro- he used a racial slur one time, and he was given eight chance. No, a- he was suspended for using a racial slur one time. No, he was... He, he, this was the second time that he broke the but policy. But it was the first time he was suspended yes, for it. Yes, but the first time he broke the policy and he was given a second chance to not do it again. Weird. And then okay, he so did... Okay, chance two. So we're on chance two. And then he did again. You would think, and this goes back to our conversation where you would think if you're, if you have done this one time, if you've messed up so badly that you go, okay, we're going to give you a chance, but man, you're on thin ice. He was would, also traded to Sault Ste. Marie yes. not long think, after that. You would think he would be stepping on eggshells. No, that was no. not what happened. So he got suspended for 160% of the usual suspension timeline. I would like to point out that while I, when you're employed in the OHL, it's a much smaller league than the yes. NHL, and people talk. I also happen to be employed by the son of the OHL commissioner. Terrific. Which naturally that means help. that you find out things. I'm not saying he directly told me things, but you hear more things. What'd you hear? Um, that... Multiple other incidents have been alleged by his Sarnia teammates mm-hmm. that went undisciplined. So this was... I specifically have heard about four separate incidents, allegedly, mm-hmm. that he was not disciplined for in Sarnia. So I want to know if this sounds familiar to you. Tony D'Angelo... Not being disciplined for his actions? Tony D'Angelo broke a rule, was given another chance. Weird. Kept doing it. And, and despite the amount of chances he was given, unprecedented leeway, and pushed his team to the brink of giving up on him. Okay, so Has now, that ever happened? Again, do you think that pattern would ever come up back in his career later? No, absolutely Definitely not. Definitely not. So let's go six months forward. Keep in mind, this was his draft year. Where teams are legitimately asking, like, I have been a part of draft research for an NHL team. Yeah. Like, these are the questions you're supposed to be asking. But you would also think that it's your draft year. You might not want to mess around. You might want to zip it. If you want to, you might want to be on your best behavior for one year. You might want to, just, maybe. Just settle you know? it down. You're under, you're under increased scrutiny in this one year that could decide your entire professional future. You might, or your, your entire future in general. You might okay, want to so zip it a little bit. Fast so, forward to the NHL draft. So you fast forward to June 26th, June, June 27th, 2014. And there was the was, NHL draft. Yes, the NHL draft. There was a puff piece interview of Tony's, you know, his his climb back to redemption. 
he is, you know, controversial defenseman Tony D'Angelo right. was suspended, but now he's a top prospect in the NHL. And the interview is dad. And we, and we which are, objectively, like I have been in the same rink as Tony D'Angelo's dad, and he is your typical hockey parent, like exactly what you're thinking of. Way to go, Paul. He's that exactly. Yes, exactly. So Paul with more racism. <laughs> yes. Um, so Tony D's dad is interviewed by John Boric. Now I don't know what it, this is. It's not relevant. We don't we don't know what what site he's from, but this is on YouTube, and it goes into and. and we hear him and we John Bork asked Tony Tony D'Angelo's dad about his past discipline for using racial slurs. And this is what Tony D'Angelo's dad says in response. In the situation where he got suspended, I would have got suspended too. So then Bork says, So you see yourself saying the same things? And Tony's D dad, who's Tony Tony D's dad, Lou, I believe his name is, goes every day. And not that it's right. Just it's how I was raised and the things I'm used to and, and things I'm used to from my upbringing. It's the South Philly thing. Some people just don't understand. It's a different way of growing up and it's not always right, but it is what it is. Okay. Um, can I say something? Uh, it's a podcast, so no. Okay. Um, he alludes there that it was how I was raised and it's I'm used to it from my upbringing. I think if you listen to this podcast long enough, um, it's not a secret that I'm German. Uh, my grandfather, let's do some math here. Grew up oh, in this is tough. Uh, that time in Germany. Uh, I can unequivocally tell you that he did not use any of those slurs. And in fact, he was emphatic about how those shouldn't be used because I was brought up this way and I realize it is unacceptable. And if the world is to move forward and be a better place, we can't be treating people like that and using that kind of language. So if a man who grew up in Nazi Germany can figure it out, mm. I think uh, the D'Angelo family who grew up in Philadelphia can figure it out too. So, so I'm Philadelphia. not buying that. Born and raised on the playground that's, is where he spent most of his days. That's an excuse to be racist, and I'm sorry, but I'm not buying it. You know, a, a good parent would have sent Tony D'Angelo to live with his auntie and uncle in Bel Air, but instead, a he good didn't. parent would have sent Tony D'Angelo to boarding school. Yes, it's a Fresh Prince of Bel Air reference, which I don't. Which went over your head. Yeah, our okay. listeners will get Let's, it. Then so we go to the, the 2014 draft. draft. Despite, we're still in June, by the we're way. Still we're, 20, we're still in 20. We're still in 2014. So we're going to speed this up a little. So. Bit. Despite all of this, despite everything that has just happened in this draft year, yeah, you know the team giving up on him, the the multiple repeated things, the ra- like the Lots suspensions, everything, okay. he still goes top twenty. He still goes in the first round, nineteenth overall. I believe to Tampa. this was Tampa's second pick in the first round. Mm-hmm. So you're more inclined. I know this. You're more inclined to take to chances yeah. with that. So I could see, like, had Tampa only had one first round pick, I don't think they would have taken him. No. But this is their second pick. So, okay, he goes 19th overall. Now, I forgot he was even a Tampa draft pick. I, okay. It's crazy. This is what Iserman said. Yes. And I would say this Steve Iserman, one of the most respected people yeah. in hockey and very much a straight shooter. Like, yeah. he, he's willing to give you a chance, but you get one. I, and I also want to say, as well, as much as this is terrible, look. He was going to be drafted. He was going to be drafted. It sucks. And he was good enough that he probably should have gone, like, top 12. Yeah. Like, he probably should have gone top 12, but he slipped. Yes. In the same way that Ryan Merkley slipped, but, like, mm-hmm. definitely not for the same reasons. Um, but Iserman's one of those guys, who you, like, even if you have a bad rap, he'll give you a chance. But if you mess it up, you're gone. Yeah. So this is what Iserman said at the draft. 
Time will tell. Ultimately, we believe in the boy. He's 18 years old and he's acted in situations that are unacceptable in society today. We believe he's a good kid and we're going to give him an opportunity, but we're going to hold him to the expectations of all of our players in Tampa. Any improper conduct won't be tolerated, but he's 18 years old. I was 18 at one point and I did a lot of things I wouldn't that wouldn't be considered acceptable today. Kids change and we expect him to change. Mm-hmm. We believe he will change and grow up. So let's Unfortunately, fast forward to didn't happen. November of 2014. We're still, we are still, in we're still, this is, this was a bad year for Tony, but let's Iserman recognized that yes. he was not a good individual at the time, but he also recognized that people do things at 18. I did things at yeah. 18. They were not proud of. I was not racist at 18, no. but no, Okay, neither here nor there. He at least recognized there were issues. But there's a there's an ability to repent, to become a better person, to learn and to grow. And, you know, yes. you, you have to give people the chance when they're that young. When, yeah, when you're 30, maybe not so much. No, or when you're 26 or 25. And this has happened time and Multiple time and time, time. and time, okay, and time so again. November 14th or November 2014, mm-hmm. Tony D'Angelo suspended one game for abuse of officials in which I can tell you. Yes. He verbally challenged an official post game after he took a costly penalty that I believe the game winning goal was scored upon late in the third so, period. What do you mean by verbally challenged? He um went down the hallway and yeah. started screaming at the officials all manner of obscenities Were and there inappropriate things. Things that might be phobic in some way, maybe? Um, I cannot confirm that. Yeah, okay. Um, but allegedly, yes. Okay. As long as we have the allegedly tag in front of that. Allegedly, I, he said things he clearly should not have said. Yeah. And that's not me teeing you up to say stuff. I genuinely didn't know. Yeah. So. No. So he was suspended then. Tw- fast forward to the 2015-16 season. Okay. So we've gotten a whole year now. Yes. Thank you. Know, wow. Crazy. <sighs> Finally, we he he's he's in the AHL. The Syracuse Crunch. Thank God he could stop bothering everyone in Sarnia and St. Marie. Good and he's Lord. and I want before we, we we talk about this, he's tearing it up. He finished with forty three points, sixty three games that Which year is as, fantastic. An, as an HL rookie D. That's incredible. That's a fantastic clip. That's one of the best rookie seasons an HL defenseman's ever had. Yeah, and you normally aren't able to jump in though in into, and have that kind of impact into the defenseman. pro game, even as like offensively, because the AHL is a patently lower scoring league. Yeah. It's tough to do that. Yep. But he was also. But he was a healthy scratch eight times that year. Why? Um, for attitude issues. Documented attitude issues. Yeah. So the Syri- so have things improved? Syracuse local news were able to confirm that it was attitude issues. Okay. So then what happened? Did Iserman stick to his word? Yes. He eventually traded Tony D'Angelo hmm? to Arizona for a second rounder. So already you're taking a loss on that asset because you so spent. So they a, just traded a first round pick for a, a second round year pick. and a half. Yes. Later for. A basically a a bag of chicken, like they're chicken. Like, well, no, they they ba- they basically traded the nineteenth overall pick for the thirty seventh overall pick. Right. Is I don't think that's a good asset management trade, which means and usually Steve Eiserman pretty good on the whole asset management thing. Right, but so he also knows when he's got to cut yes. bait. So you'd think that there might be some other underlying issues here okay. that would that would so clarify. Now that. let's fast forward to twenty seventeen. Yes. So we go to January first, the beginning, the dawn of the new year, twenty seventeen. Playing in Arizona. Playing in Arizona. He's an Arizona Coyote. He's getting you know regular NHL minutes. He's young this, this time is good. too. This speaks to you know the chances he's been given most. Most players aren't Went given a whole year without an issue. Yeah, but it also spe- speaks to the chance he's been given. Most defensemen don't crack the NHL this early, and yet he okay. did. 
he suspended three games for abuse of the officials. Um, let's also point out that abuse of Again. officials in the NHL is rare. Yes. Like How it many, doesn't happen a lot. You know when you you know the last time I can remember this is when Dennis Wideman straight up <laughs> Shandor Alfonso. I think. Was that the ref's name? Yeah. Yeah, when Dennis Weidman straight up so, murdered a ref yeah. and like on in the on the ice, which is you know, that hit would be suspendable if it was done to another hockey player. This is a referee yeah. who has never ref another game after that. Oh, then it wasn't Alfonso. No, he was involved. He was part of who broke it up. Yes. It was uh yeah. I this is this is a big deal. I saw the clip. It's nothing egregious. It's nothing, you know, he didn't punch the ref. He didn't, you know, pull up you know, Rocket Richard. But, but he put his hands on the ref, he shook him off. He was shouting obscenities again. You can you read can his. You can hear them on the broadcast. If you, if you, and if you can't hear, you can read his lips. It's not that it's, hard. Uh, yeah, he said the. Um, it rhymes with truck. Basically, it's, he's seen on the broadcast telling the official to fuck off, using both hands to try and shove the official away. He suspended three games without pay, forfeited $14,388.90. But he was suspended for three games for abuse of an official, yes. which is now the second, second time. time in uh, three years. Two and a half years, yes. because November 2014 and January 1st, 2017. That's basically two years. Yeah. Okay, keep, that's not a great pattern. So keep in mind as well that this is, a, this is a first round pick defenseman who, before he is turned 21, yep. is now going on to his third team. And this is then not, he gets traded to the Rangers. Yes. And this, is not, and this is also not a first round pick defenseman that was struggling. This is a first round pick defenseman who, as a 20 year old, jumped into the AHL and scored 43 points in 63 games. Okay, so now we're at our timeline of now he's playing in New York. So now he's playing in New York, and he stumbles upon Twitter. Uh, does he ever? And uh, we go from there. Conspiracy theories. Tweeting, co- uh, you know, liking and retweeting, and then tweeting as well that COVID's a hoax. And All manner all of manner completely of unacceptable, racist, homo- like talking just about, awful There was awful ta- talking stuff. about immigrants... With you know, when he has when multiple he has, immigrants yes. on his team, yes, and then when Trump gets kicked off Twitter, does the whole parlor thing, he deactivates his account, and then as we mentioned on last podcast, he pops up in his burner, which is still going by the way. Oh, hasn't learned, he hasn't learned. He found out that he got waived from his burner by tweeting WTF, and then this is cancel culture at its finest. So Okay, so that's actually not cancel culture, no. and we're going to get into this, but um, actions have consequences? So now the Rangers have to... So now he's on waivers. He clears today. We fast forward to present day. So we, we went through all of that to show you that this is a pattern stemming from when right before he was drafted in the NHL and before then to current day. This is a guy who has been given chance after chance after chance, who has broke, who has taken, who has taken leeway and stretched it and then given more leeway and then stretched it. This is someone who has burned every bridge he possibly can, who has pushed every, every you know, boundary he's been given, every, bit of, every chance, everything to so the I'd limit. So I'd like to point out something. This is also someone who hasn't learned. I'd like to point out something. What would you like to point out, Rachel? Generally, if, if a player is being hard done by it, as he says, um, who are the first people to come out in defense of the player? His teammates, right? Former player, former teammates that he's had, former executives, coaches, junior coaches. At the recording of this podcast, and they all have social media. They all do. Not one, not a single New York Ranger. Nope. Former teammate, anything? Not one. Not even Brendan Lemieux. Not even his co-host from the Racism Hour. 
has come out to defend him. Now, I am sure Brendan Lemieux will do so if given and the Adam opportunity. Fox. That doesn't count. When you talk about Chris Kreider, mm-hmm. Artemi Panarin, uh, Mika Zibanejad, Henrik Lundqvist is sitting at home recovering from heart surgery. I'm sure if he thought highly enough of uh, Anthony D'Angelo, he'd be out there. Like, he would have tweeted something. Yep. He's King Henry. He's among the most classy. And he's also, he's on, he's active on on social social media. media. Not one player has come out in his defense. And even behind the scenes, none have. Because on today's episode of 31 Thoughts, Jeff Merrick asked Elliot Friedman, from all of your digging around, has anyone come to, has anyone stepped up to the plate? Anyone stepped up to bat for Tony D'Angelo? And Elliot Friedman said, not past this thing didn't happen quite like that. Like no one said he's a good guy. No one has said, oh, he's getting hard done by it's the only people said, oh, well this incident, this incident didn't happen exactly the way that it's portrayed, but But it also also happened for, but it still happened. Some of that is true. So here we are. And we, and now we were recording this at six 57 PM on Monday night. It's after the press conference. And it was, it was a disaster. It was a bad. Okay. So I tweeted, um, on Monday afternoon that, um, Calgary coming out and saying that Sam Bennett hasn't requested a trade when Darren Ferris went on the record saying he did. And yes. Ferris is his agent is a very, and so it's happened with Matt much too. of a less, like it's a very small example of how a team can spin things yeah. because while Bennett may not have said, I'm demanding a trade, he may have said, Hey, I think a change of scenery would be nice. Yeah. That is not the same thing. But the team is going to spin it mm-hmm. in a way that makes them look better. I watched it happen in New Jersey many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, I think the New York Rangers might actually be the best in the league at this. Because the amount of things we are going to go through right now yeah. where they have managed to spin it, it's a little bit of a pattern. So I would say that they haven't necessarily, they're not the best anymore. The cracks are starting to show. And I want to. They read, tried, but we all I could see right through it. Like so, uh, we can all see yes. right through. So it. a big thing here is that, you know, uh, and the reason again, the reason why we we did that whole timeline to show you everything that he has done. That this is a pattern of behavior. It's to show that he's been given chances. This is not this is not hockey coming down on one player because they don't like his political views. This is not hockey not coming down on one player because he's boisterous because he likes to show his personality because he's heated. He doesn't follow, you know, he doesn't step in line. No, this, this is someone. This is not Josh Hosang. This is, this is not anyone. This is, uh, this is a player who has a, a ingra- deeply ingrained, um, out, you know, just he's deeply ingra- has an ingrained fascination with racism, homophobia, you know, xenophobia, all that kind of stuff. And has been given more chances than anyone in any professional environment could ever 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 even dream of i've never personally i've never gotten this many chances in in professional environments parents wouldn't give me this many chances in in my own house in professional environments in educational environments nothing there this is far past this so i want to read this thread is by salim nadim valji he's the you know the calgary bureau reporter for tsn i know that you know it might not seem like it adds up because he's in calgary but he puts he's a person of color who would be affected by how Exactly. Freaking racist Tony D'Angelo is. And he puts this into a really good, he puts this in really good perspective. Oh, it's fantastically put. Perspective Please read it. Because the, this, is, this is, as much as we want to pile on Tony, and as much as he deserves all that blame, you know who else deserves a lot of blame? 
The New York Rangers. Oh, a, a lot. This is so their mess. The they enabled it. So, with Tony D'Angelo's future up in the air, it's worth talking about how the New York Rangers enabled and promoted him the past four years, despite knowing his history of racist comments and current problematic behavior that includes COVID denials and that the American election is rigged. Keep in mind, the U.S. Capitol was stormed by insurrectionists. A coup, a violent coup in which five people died happened last month. And he is someone, and Cody D'Angelo has done nothing but express views on the matter that support it. So, despite that, past and present, the Rangers continue to commit to D'Angelo both on and off the ice. And that's important. Off the ice as well. That's a big thing. The past four seasons, the New York Rangers have given D'Angelo his own digital content series. They featured him in marketing campaigns and even promoted, they retweeted his tweet when he announced it, his Watch Your Tone podcast. They promoted the New York Rangers, gave a stamp of approval of the Tony and Brandon racism hour. It's worth remembering that the New York Rangers were the second last NHL team to publicly comment on the killings of George Floyd as well. And they also retweeted Tony D'Angelo's podcast right before that and never actually referenced it in their two sentence statement. It also warrants further open discussion who in hockey slash NHL is deemed a problem and not a fit and who is given their second, third, fourth chances. Tony was given, you know, 18. Tony D'Angelo is a prime example of getting multiple opportunities, opportunities that surely wouldn't and haven't been extended to everyone. As hockey attempts to become more diverse and welcoming to different communities, it's important to think about who the sport associates with, the people teams choose to promote, and when second, third, fourth chance is given out, NHL's marquee and most visible American franchise shouldn't have been promoting, marketing, and aligning with Tony D'Angelo so unabashedly all well knowing firsthand of the values he stands for. They can't plead ignorance because during this press conference, they were asked multiple times, John Davidson, the president who had to speak at this, for waving a taxi squad player. <laughs> yeah. He was part of this press conference. That doesn't happen all the time. And the GM and the coach. Three pillars. The, you know, the three guys. The three most important executive people in the organization. They were asked, did you know Tony Angelo's history before acquiring him? Yes, of course. They did their homework on him. That's, what, that's a well, direct okay, quote. So if you did your homework, you either, one, suck mm-hmm. at doing your homework, or two, you don't care. Exactly. I'm tempted to believe it's the second one. The second one was, as well, they were asked... How, did this? Did Tony D'Angelo's social media presence have anything to do with this decision? They said no. They had had John Davidson said he had cursory conversations with Tony D'Angelo about this, but then he also referenced freedom of speech. Rachel, what do you think about that? Okay, so I was uh, bored today, mm-hmm. and I read three documents. What'd you read? I partially read the CBA. Uh, I read the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Okay. And I read the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, per- specifically pertaining to freedom of speech. Interesting. So. And what did it say, Rachel? What John Davidson is referencing as freedom of speech is not actually relevant because the First Amendment in the U.S. Constitution and how freedom of speech works is that the government cannot censor your speech mm-hmm. nowhere in the constitution does it say twitter can't censor your speech which is why a certain individual was kicked off of twitter mm-hmm. nowhere does it say that your employer cannot can you for spreading all manner of nonsense mm-hmm. for example perfect example my mom works for an american company she, she tweeted her displeasure with the u.s second amendment because lots of tiny children are dying and her company told her to take it down and to put views are my own in her Twitter bio. Mm-hmm. So they can. It's 
The government cannot censor you. So the New York Rangers can absolutely tell Tony D'Angelo to either zip it or see you later. The New York Rangers... Freedom of speech applies to the government. And a lot of people do not realize that. So I'd like to say this. What would you like to say? You have the freedom to say what you want to say. You are not free of the consequences of what you say. Rachel, I'm free to call you an idiot right now. Right. But I'm all, but that doesn't, you know, exclude me from punching me in the face. Right. It's, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction that applies to freedom of speech. The New York Rangers are paying Tony D'Angelo $4.9 million every year to bear their crest and represent their brand. If he does something that does not align with their, with their values as a brand or hurts their brand, they are, they are well within their professional rights to either terminate him or discipline or him discipline him for or discipline him for that matter. So this is not a, this is not him. You know, this is not cancel culture at its finest as no. New York Rangers fan nine, three billion numbers said this <laughs> Bobby, is lots of number Tony, lots Tony, of numbers. Tony, lots of numbers. This is an employee who every time he cashes a paycheck from the New York Rangers is reminded that he is representing them and their brand and the NHL and the NHL and is therefore held to the standard of that and also therefore subject to consequences for potentially damaging that brand that he is right. representing. Right, now I will point out that, that in my reading of the CBA, uh, Clause 2E of mm-hmm. the standard player contract discusses the morality, honesty, yes. conduct un, uh, conduct detrimental, to et, the team. et cetera. Yes. Um, I spoke to a few people who have intimate knowledge of this type of situation, yeah. and all of them said that that essentially applies to criminal behavior. Yeah. So, like when Slav, the issue with Slava Voinov, that was criminal behavior. Mike Richards. M- Mike Richards. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, that is legitimately conduct detrimental to the league because mm-hmm. it was criminal conduct, right? This is a very slippery slope, and it'd be very difficult to prove in a court of law that this conduct was detrimental. So, this is not really a clause that can lead to the termination of a contract. Yeah. However... Most of the people I asked did say that the organization, specifically the general manager, is well within their right to say, zip it on social media. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but a lot of the Toronto Maple Leafs got extremely quiet on social media when Lou Lamorella was the GM. Mm -hmm. That wasn't an accident. There were no Joffrey Lupul crazy nonsense happening on social media. And I can almost promise you that... Had Tony D'Angelo's GM been a different individual, mm-hmm. uh, this may someone with a backbone. This may not be happening. Yeah. So. Oh wait, never mind. Um, <laughs> not someone with a backbone. Freedom of like freedom of speech does not apply here. No, I it doesn't. I just would like to get that set out. Well, it's very important. Very straight. It, it categorically, has nothing to do with this. Okay. Saying saying freedom of speech is the laziest and most ill-informed argument ever. So you can't like again, you cannot go at this topic. By saying, oh, he has freedom of speech, you can say whatever he wants. Yes, that doesn't preclude him from the consequences... Of what he said. Of what he said. And he is now facing those consequences. So, he has now played his last game as a New York Ranger. That was confirmed by Jeff Gordon at he the press said it conference. today. They're now, trying to, they're now trying to trade him. And now, we're not even going to get in to that nonsense. Because any NHL team anyone. that picks him up is completely out to lunch. You know what's a great point. way of finding out if... if an NHL team, you know, when it comes to cutbacks for COVID, 
what's a great way of finding out if an NHL team has really downsized their PR department is if they pick up Tony D'Angelo in a trade. <laughs> yeah. Because I can't think of I can't think of a PR person that would be like, yeah, we we can do that. No, it, there's no way to spin it. He's not like I think he. Not only has he played, and this might just be wishful thinking from us or from me specifically. I don't. I think he's played his last game in the NHL. I think it's KHL bound for in a heartbeat. Him, Brennan Leipzig, and, and Mitchell Miller can all go play over there. You know the the dynamic trio, big three over there. Ridiculous. Him and Mitchell Miller would probably be great friends. Oh, they would start their own podcast. It'd be great. Um, okay, so let's so talk where about did this the Rangers? Yes. So this is on the Rangers. Um, this I would like to point out is uh, not the first time this has happened, and it's not even the first time in the last three years that this has happened. This is this has specifically happened a lot under Jeff Gordon's and John Davidson's uh, stewardship. Yeah. So, and and I'm not talking like racism and, no, and all that stuff. But I'm, I'm talking about issues in the dressing room. Yeah. Which this clearly quantifies as. Um, Leas Anderson was drafted seventh overall. He was a top 10 pick, 2018. I actually, now that I think about it, Leas Anderson and Tony D'Angelo were acquired in the same trade because the Rangers traded Derek Stepan yeah. and Antti Ranta to Phoenix mm-hmm. at the time for Anthony D'Angelo and the seventh overall pick, which turned out to be Leas Anderson. Mm-hmm. Leas Anderson requested a trade. Um, and I went back and looked because I'm doing this research for my master's. And outside of... Caco and Lafreniere, uh, the Rangers' track record of uh, yeah. developing high-end forwards is not good. And what have both Caco and Lafreniere been derided for? Slow starts and underperformance. Exactly. And that's look so, may not be on them, but there is a name name a first first round pick for the Rangers under Jeff Gordon that has exceeded expectations. You can't. Keandre Miller. Keandre Miller. That's and God it. bless him for having to deal with all and of this. And he's been put in the middle of this. Okay, so back unfairly. to Leah Sanderson. Yes. He left Hartford in on December 19th, 2019 mm-hmm. to go to Sweden. And the Rangers suspended him the next day because obviously he wasn't there. That's just like a paperwork yeah, type of You have to situation. do that. Yeah. When asked in Sweden, where they tend to be a little bit more honest. They tend to be candid over there. Uh, he says, it's been a lot of incidents. I have not been well on a personal level because of those incidents. This decision may be stupid when it comes to my hockey career, but I have to think about how I feel as a person. Family, friends, health. That's more important than a hockey career. I have taken this decision for my health. He's basically saying, I need to get out of the Rangers organization. Even if it, even if it's detrimental to my hockey career, for the sake of my well-being. Okay, so let's um, let's rewind to the night I met you, mm-hmm. and we were driving to the subway. Yeah, driving home from Steve Dangle's book launch party. Does that group of sentences sound familiar to you? Oh, it sounds. It's. Is it almost verbatim? It's almost verbatim what our first big conversation was. Right. So, what I will say is this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was going on in New York with yeah. Leah Sanderson and Hartford, but I can tell you, I can empathize with that, with a different metropolitan area team. Mm-hmm. In the New York area. And uh, that screams... He wasn't being treated properly, and it was detrimental to his mental health to the point where he decided that 
playing hockey was less important than his health, which very rarely happens in hockey as we have people playing with punctured lungs. Yes. So that screams that, you know what, um, maybe this is a toxic situation and maybe we need a reevaluation on what the hell the Rangers are doing to their prospects. It's not a, it's not a coincidence that every young, highly touted player who goes into New York drafted like draft wise, like, I, I guess, can't even think underperforms of their last legitimately successful draft pick. Capo Caco was seen as a slam dunk player. Someone now he's had some health issues, so that's yes. a little bit of a different. I, it's too it's too early to tell yes. on both Lafreniere and Caco. But he had a really bad rookie season. Really bad. Yeah, but so did Jack Hughes. So like, yeah, but no. But what I'm saying is, it's like it's not fair to make judgments for the first three years. But so, we're also looking at these players. They they come in and it so just, okay. It the fits last a trend. Rangers draft pick that really really turned out that popped. Okay, so I think who Shish, was it? I think Shashorkin will get there, but. Uh, Chris Kreider, maybe? And he's a veteran on this team. Like, this guy's basically the captain at this point. And so, I think, mind, I think they, there's something there. So They haven't had a captain. Uh, not years. since Ryan McDonough. Yeah. And, and I think it's probably, like, okay, so where do the Rangers go from here? Right? Because... They get to move forward, at least. So, they haven't had a captain since McDonough. And they've won, lost a ton of their veterans, notably the king. Yeah. Who was a voice in that locker room? They lost, yeah, they lost They Lundquist. lost Jesper Fost. They lost, um, I'm trying to think of who else they've traded away. Well, McDonough left, like, uh, Derek Stepan left. Yep. Um, like, these are all guys that are wearing letters for other teams. Mm-hmm. And King Henrik is like, well, he's King Henrik. Yeah. Kind of thing, right? I, like, Derek Brassard. Yeah, he's gone. Um, like it's, it's kind of one of those things where like people harp on leadership. This, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what leadership helps avoid this shit headaches. Do you think anyone in the New York Rangers organization woke up looking forward to today? No. And this is what it comes down to is the sheer hypocrisy is that Tony D'Angelo, like we haven't talked about a single thing about the New York Rangers on ice performance. Which has been awful. Which has been bad, but Tony D'Angelo is a player who will never play for the Rangers again. He's barely... He may never play in the NHL again. Probably. He's never... Yes, he's barely slotted into the lineup this year. He's a... As we said at the start of the show, he's irrelevant in hockey terms. And yet, the president, general manager, and coach all had to hold a press conference on a Monday evening during the regular season to address this player. He is the... This is the epitome of being a, dis- a distraction from the team, of putting yourself above the team. Oh, my God. So You couldn't have a bigger distraction than this, this if is, you tried. This is the biggest distraction I've seen since Sean Avery gathered cameras around for no reason in, the da- in a Dallas locker room. and After he said some stuff that could have gotten him terminated, but didn't. And basically talked about how he's pissed at all the players taking his sloppy seconds, which is a terribly sexist thing to say. And especially calling reporters around to do that. But this is the biggest distraction I can think of from a personal, like on a personally. And then who did he go on to play for? The New York Rangers. It was the New York Rangers. He also had, I'm pretty sure he had two separate stints with them. Didn't they? I don't know. But all I remember is him waving a stick around in Brewer's face. And I will never not be mad at him. The They lost a ton of their veteran leadership, right? Yes. They almost lost Chris Kreider. 
Um, they're an extremely young team. Like, you look, they've got Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco, Igo Shashorkin, Alexander Georgiev, Keandre Miller. They got Adam Lin- Fox. Adam Fox. Nils Lundqvist is yeah. coming. Like, they're very they young. They got Braden Schneider coming. Like, there's a lot of young talent. And the Rangers have a collection of really young assets that are very talented. And they have some good. They do have some good veteran players, and like Kreider, Zabanejad, Panarin. Panarin. Um, yeah, like okay. But like in terms My of leadership, is, like you need to have some people that insulate these guys that make sure none of this BS is happening. You think Joe Thornton would allow this level of nonsense no. to occur? Wayne Simmons? No. Like. There's, there's not a chance. Do you think any captain... Patrick Marlowe? Do you think any captain on any team would allow this? Jonathan Taves is allowing oh this thing God, to happen? No, no way. Sidney Crosby oh, allowing this to happen? Really. No way. Not even a little Even bit. like Claude Giroux? No. No. Claude Giroux would not have allowed it. Like uh, Landeskog? No. Like all of the... McDavid? No. Oh my God, Like no. there's no... None of these. Tavares? No. Like all of these things. Uh, no one is allowing this to happen. The Rangers have a serious dearth. and they, they've, a, they've a massive hole in their leadership core right now. They, right, and that's not like we're not slighting Kreider and Zabanejad. No, 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 no. But we're no. saying like they had they locker help. Room, they had locker room staples, and they could really use somebody like that. Yeah, it's, to stabilize everything. But like, who's been there? Who's dealt with like the worst of the worst? That that gets it. But it's not even. But it's the organization. Like, I think it's rotten from the top. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's not on the players to police this. The players didn't retweet the players his podcast. The locker room. The players That's didn't. That's their only job. Exactly. The players didn't retweet the Watch Your Tone podcast. The players didn't. Oh, by the way, I never want to see that retweeted on my timeline again. Ever, ever. Like, the, where do they go from here? Well, you could start by getting rid of Brendan Lemieux while you're at it. Yes. The play- like, he's a fringe player that you don't need. I don't even know why. Yeah. Like. Why did you keep him? The players didn't choose to to be the second last team to, you know, to comment on the George Floyd killings and not even um, actually address it in their in their statement. Right. It's not the players who just two hours ago tonight, you know, tweeted, uh, uh, have pictures of their their, you know, Black History Month jerseys, warm up jerseys and tweeted for equality all while this is going <laughs> yeah, on. That's a little rich, don't you think? And we, we as an organization fight for equality everyone uh, do you and we're not going to get we're not going to get into the big the whole big uh, hubbub about the puck about Keandre Miller's first right. puck because there's that is being confirmed and then unconfirmed and there's then, been a lot of someone said it happened and then someone said it happened as a joke and yes. then someone else said it didn't happen and here's what we do know though the fact that it's a believable story yes. should tell you all you need to but know. here's what we also do know the rangers didn't post a picture of Keandre Miller holding his first puck after his first goal puck after his first after the game. Right. They've done that with basically every other player who's who has scored their first in NHL the last goal five years. in the last five years. Yeah. Now including in losses. And as you in, yes, and so as the as you say, when it comes to spinning things, the Rangers were quickly to come to their own defense and say, Well, we didn't post that because the team lost. Okay, well, Except we flash back to Leah Anderson, who we we just talked about. His picture of him, he had a picture posted of him scoring his first NHL goal, holding up the puck, and it was came after a loss. So we are seeing lie after lie, spin after spin uh, come out here. David Quinn in the press conference saying, he Tony was a Dian- well-liked teammate. Tony D'Angelo was a well-liked teammate. Yeah, no, that's just he f- maybe was liked by everyone else who thought like him. There's on a the clique. Team, but there's maybe two or three of them. There's, there's clearly a clique in the Rangers dressing room that 
is a hive mind that thinks like that. They seem and to they support. All need to go quite frankly. It's the red. The, it's toxic. The red hat crew, we'll call them. <laughs> yes. But so if you're pulling from them, sure he's a well liked teammate. But there's also I guarantee you, if you walked up to some of the other players, I uh, uh, there's also what. 18 other players on the active roster? Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you went to Alex Georgiev and asked his opinion, he probably wouldn't speak he probably wouldn't. too highly of exactly. him. Um, this I is... don't... like, and, and the whole thing, like, if you read the rebuttal from Keandre Miller's agent, it was very soft. And yes. it read like, my player doesn't want to be considered a distraction because we all know that Keandre Miller would not be afforded... N- all of these chances. We just, we know. I want, like... Although, objectively, Keandre Miller, better hockey player. Oh, absolutely. Even right now, as a rookie. <laughs> yes, he's a better defenseman. But I want... Like, I actually love watching him play. Oh, he's fantastic. I, but I want you to look at this. I want, like, if you're listening to this, I want you to look at every... This is why we gave you the timeline. Everything that he has done. Yeah. All of the times he's been... And here's, here's another thing. So, Tony D'Angelo, he was a healthy scratch... After the first game of the season, and he didn't react well to that. And then when he did draw back in, he took a costly hooking penalty, flipped out, slammed the 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 penalty box door. No, 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 given... no, no, no. That opposite happened. So he was in the game, took a hooking penalty, yes. took the unsportsmanlike penalty, and then was healthy scratched as disciplinary. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. Okay. And then David Quinn said, basically, he said what he should, what Steve Eiserman said before there was even a transgression under his watch, which was one more incident, and you're gone. And yet, after an overtime loss, again, he was given one more chance. After all of this, after everything we just laid out here, after... He was given another chance. After you would think... That's two in a week. Countless meetings with, with management to talk about tweets. And never, yeah, never mind the Twitter account. Two separate Twitter account t- deactivations. <laughs> you know, all of these things. You would think that, again, you would talk, you talk about how to conduct yourself in a workplace. You'd think you'd be walking on eggshells. And yet, after an overtime loss, he has the gall to go and, and start, a car, start, a, start a fight, basically, with his goaltender. I don't get it. And he says, basically, one more, one more instance, and you're gone. And this was it. And he says, well, I honestly do I'm think, a man I'll of my word. I, I'll tell you this. They may have said one more chance. I guarantee you that they were, gonna let, they were willing to let this go. Until the dressing room said enough is enough. And then once guys like Kreider, Mm -hmm. Panarin, Lafreniere, whomever, like once the dressing room says, all right, that's enough. Like we've had it. Then it's like, okay, we got to cut bait. I'm willing to bet they let this carry on had there not been any complaints from the from the veteran corps. Because we've also heard that on radio and, and in articles today that. Um, it basically took the players going to management multiple times and saying, enough, enough, we're done. So, I mean, that, that just speaks to poor leadership at the top. This is, this, is, this is a rotten organization. They allowed this to happen. They enabled it. They've created a, they've created a culture where any... And no, they deserve every piece of flack they're getting. Yes. And then they come out and they try and deny it and spin it and deflect blame and rewrite the truth. If we're going to talk about, quote unquote, fake, fake news, news, alternative facts. Oh, these are some alternative look in facts. The mirror. Like it's rem- this is remarkable. It, it They're using every line in the book, the freedom of speech, the you know, th- that didn't happen. This, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it took them to this point, it took them four years, four years of nonstop headaches, not like I'm assuming countless meetings over well, stuff that's off the, the ice. Too. 
He was a headache. In, he was a headache at every step of his professional career. And when you look at it too, Steve Eiserman cut bait right away. And even the Arizona Coyotes. Now objectively different. Different circumstances. Yeah. But even the Coyotes with a talented defenseman like him. Who could use the talent. Who could use the talent. Talented and also I want to keep in mind, a talented right shot defenseman. The most scarce asset in hockey right now. Yeah. A puck-moving, offensively capable, talented right, right shot, shot defenseman. defenseman. That is the that is the equivalent of stumbling upon you know a gold nugget in the middle of the desert. Yeah, and they were still willing, and both those two NHL teams willing to ship him away, and that's not even including his his time in the AHL and his time in juniors. Again, I want to clarify the reason why we gave you this timeline is to show you the just the sheer breadth of leeway. That this one individual is being given, and how much he and how he has done this, one hundred and fifty percent to himself. This oh, is yeah. his this fault. Is... This is not cancel culture. This is not you know attacks on freedom of speech. This is not you know honing in on a guy with non-leftist views. This is someone who has been in probably one of the least progressive sports in the world. One of, if if not the, I think baseball's pretty pretty backed up in that right too, but. Pretty much, baseball I, isn't still arguing about that's analytics. True. So you like, would say the least progressive sport of the big four. This is someone who is who has pushed every single employer to the brink, and he finally did it again. Yeah. And now this is hopefully his last straw. Well, if it isn't the consequences of my actions. Well, well, well. If it isn't the consequences of my own actions. And with that, yes. Mike and I are going to go watch some hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be back. On Friday. Friday. And we have conference room episode coming this week. We sure so do. We will drop that maybe Sunday, maybe Saturday. The weekend. Yeah, we'll figure the, it out. You know, uh, but leave uh, us questions in the thread. Mm-hmm. Um, we're sorry we had to regale you with that. But honestly, it's worth pointing out the amount of chances this guy's had. And I will say this. As it pertains to the puck story, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yes. Because, like... I'm sorry, but the fact that it's believable and the fact that various versions have been reported mm. le- tells me there's some truth to that. And if you want to find out what happened in the dressing room, I guarantee you it's because the players are leaking it. These guys are suing this guy. And I'm not buying any spin job from the BR team when yeah. you've got players that are potentially leaking things. You usually don't get like people usually don't get these types of intimate details from anyone but the players. Think about who else would be involved in that in that situation. No one. Who's in the dressing room during that time? It's just players Pretty and much. the equipment staff. And I don't think it's the equipment staff. Uh probably not. So, they generally don't speak to the media. So with that, we will we will leave you. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Google Play, anywhere you can find a podcast. All it's all there. Um, Blue Wire as well. Our, our lovely overlords, corporate, corporate overlords. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MikeySeems81. You can find Rachel on Twitter at... <laughs> at Rachel Dory with uh, less hockey analysis. <laughs> yes, with less, well, less smart hockey analysis. Right. Only dumb hockey analysis from Rachel these days. Um, give us a rate. Give us a review. And uh, be thankful that you never have to hear Tony D'Angelo's name again because... Um, um, do you have anything you want to say to over. Tony D'Angelo? Um, you should have washed your tone. And with that, we will see you Friday. <laughs>